Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Monday, February 13th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, we hope you survived your Super Bowl Sunday. Hopefully there's no hangover. There's certainly no hangover here. I feel sound as a pound, good as always, uh, ready to rock here on a Monday. Uh, you couldn't tell that I was partying and watching a Super Bowl and had a big viewing party yesterday. Uh, I feel good. Feel ready to go as we always do. Uh, we will talk a little Super Bowl. Just at the, it is the Super Bowl. It's the biggest North American sporting event of the year for sure. Uh, no question about that. And I thought it was a hell of a football game. Uh, it was a, a great game. And certainly, if you liked points, and certainly if you bet over the total, like I did, I think Alex did as well. Yeah. Uh, you were very happy with the uh, fact that both teams were trading touchdowns for the majority of that game. Uh, it was great play on both sides offensively. And really, both teams took turns being great offensively in each half. Uh, Philadelphia's offense dominated uh, in the first half. And keep in mind, you know, Kansas City was lucky to have even have 14 points because one of those touchdowns was a defensive touchdown. So it was really a great first half for Philadelphia offensively. But great teams and championship teams with championship pedigree, what they do is they don't give in. They don't panic when they're trailing, and that was obviously the case with Kansas City down 10. There was no panic. They made their adjustments. Coaches did a great job seeing what didn't work in the first half and finding things that would work uh, in the uh, second half, and that's exactly what we saw. An offense that kind of had a tough time getting it cranked up in the first half, the Chiefs, man, they couldn't be stopped uh, in the second half, up and down the field. Uh, I think they scored points on every possession uh, in the second half, and uh, I think the biggest thing that I got wrong in the football game is someone that did have a little bit of Philadelphia. And the, I was sitting in a decent position, really good position, because I had 25 to 1 on the Philadelphia Eagles to win the Super Bowl before the season. But I also had 10 to 1 on Kansas City to win the Super Bowl from before the season. So I was going to cash a futures ticket either way. But obviously, I would have preferred the Philly uh, win because it was a much better payout. But nevertheless, you know, it was a great second half from Kansas City. The offense got going. And a quarterback that's got the uh, ability like Patrick Mahomes, the clutch ability, he made the plays every single time there was something that had to happen. The big run. Uh, and, uh, you know, Perktrick Mahomes there, as I said. Uh, certainly a situation where you wondered, you know, how is he going to run with that ankle, which looked like it got aggravated again, that injury late in the first half. And he was able to make that big run to set them up in field goal range. Heads up. Football play. I know if you had a Jarek McKinnon touchdown score prop, you're livid at what happened, but he made the right play in terms of his team winning that game. You slide there. You don't score. You don't give Philadelphia that much time left in the football back. Uh, so that was uh, good to see. They kicked the game-winning field goal. And I don't want to hear Eagles fans go too much into we got screwed, we got jobbed, the penalty call was horseshit. I think it's dubious because there were a couple little holds and a couple grabs during the game that weren't called, and yet they call that one in the penultimate moment of the game. I understand that frustration, but I don't want to hear that that is the sole reason they lost. I can't, all right? I can't accept that. What was the reason you lost, the main reason you lost, is Kansas City outplayed your ass in the second half. Uh, they figured out what worked, and you didn't have a counterpunch, essentially. They had the one big bomb to Smith from Jalen Hurts. And other than that, the Eagles offense did nothing in the second half and the Kansas city offense went up and down the field, you know, for the entire second half. So yes, I can be frustrated if I'm an Eagles fan, Alex, that that penalty call was made because we, that's a little bit of a lack of consistency considering there was a couple penalties early in the game where a receiver was held and there was no call. So I get that, but I can't, even if I'm an Eagle fan, I can't be here on this show today and say, we got hosed. We got screwed. We lost because of that call. That's not right. That's not no. right to say that. Kansas City outplayed your butt in the second half, came all the way back, made the critical plays to win the football game late, and you did not, period. Uh, Alex, yeah. what did you think of the Super Bowl? Yeah, one game did not cost the Eagles the Super Bowl. but, but Sorry, one penalty, rather, did not cost them the game. But at the same time, you can't have bad calls like that in those critical moments of these big-time games. That penalty and i saw a bunch of people on twitter bring up literally 20 just random plays from this nfl season that were flagged 
for less contact or there was, you know, the equal amount of contact and, and it just went, went, went away. There has to be some consistency amongst these referees for this passing defense. I understand you want to open the game up more. You want it to be high scoring. You want to give the receivers these, this leeway, but there has to be a clear line of what is and what isn't interference. The same thing that we talk about for what constitutes a catch, the same thing we talk, talk about in uh, hockey for what constitutes as a goal or offsides. We need to have these micro cameras and, and all this technology and all this money that's being spent by these leagues. We need to have a system put in place and we need to have the referees trained to use that system that's put in place to figure these things out so we can get these calls uh, you know, correct more often than not. There's going to still be some calls that fall through the cracks in any sport and in, in any rule system you have, but the NFL needs to do a better job. In the last three games that we all watched, the NFC, AFC title games, and the Super Bowl, there's been calls that were made that should not have been, and, and that's unacceptable. So, yes, Eagles can't go and, and scream about the refs. They did lose the game uh, through ways of their own, but the refs did not make anything easier for them, and that is problematic when you're talking about the highest level of, of the highest product and, and the, the penultimate game of the year. Yep. That's the, that's the way I see it. It's, it, it. I don't like it being called at that moment, but at the same time, it was called. I think it was a borderline hole. I think there was some contact. And, and I, I, you know who I credit? James Bradbury for the Philadelphia Eagles, the cornerback that committed that penalty. He could have easily gone with that narrative. A horrible call, calling that in the moment of the game with two teams fighting for a Super Bowl championship. He could have gone that route and say, horrible call, terrible call. I did nothing wrong. We got jobbed. But he actually admitted, I thought I did hold him. I, I held him. And I was just wondering if it was going to get called. And I credit him for that because it's probably not easy for some. I know some people in that spot, they'd never say shit that they were in the wrong. Okay? They'd say, we got robbed. You know, we got screwed uh, in that spot. But he did not. He actually took blame and accepted it and said, I held him. You know, so I give James Bradbury credit for that, for doing that. And I want to also say one thing. This is the thing that shocked me most. I knew Philly could move the ball against KC. They did, especially in the first half. And I knew KC, you know, in this game was going to be able to pose some threats. But what I did not see happening, and that's the biggest shock to me, all we heard and all, all we saw all season was the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line be dominant at times. And much of the season they were. And then the playoff games against the Giants and the 49ers, the first two, that defensive line was blowing up the line of scrimmage, blowing it up. They stopped the run. They were in on the quarterback. Jones had no time to throw the ball against the Eagles' defensive line, like the 49er game. That defensive line was so dominant against San Francisco in the NFC Championship game that Brock Purdy gets his elbow injured and Josh Johnson gets knocked out of the fucking game. That, that's how good they were. They were pass-rush dynamos. They were all over. The quarterbacks the pass rush was incredible. And last night, you contrast it to last night in the Super Bowl. I'm going to use the old Ian Cameron phrase. I couldn't find the defensive line with a telescope on the football field last night for the Philadelphia Eagles. I couldn't. They were there in body. They were there in, you know, appearance, but they weren't there in performance. They weren't there in execution. Zero sacks for the Philadelphia Eagles last night against Kansas City. Not one sack on Patrick Mahomes coming off a serious ankle injury. Very few pressures from the Eagles' defensive front all night, and when they did, they couldn't get there. They couldn't stop Pacheco. He got the run game going, especially in the second half. That defensive line for a unit that was just applauded and just showered with accolades going into that Super Bowl. What a disappointing performance from that entire group last night. Just... It just uh, totally dominated at the line of scrimmage and especially in the second half by Kansas city. So that was the biggest surprise to me. Eagles defensive line. People couldn't say enough good things all season and how dominant they were at times. Anything but last night. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was a, a no show from the Eagles defense so much as it was uh, a masterful work of display from the chiefs offensive line who had the biggest job of the entire night, which was keeping yep. Patrick Mahomes in the they game. They did do great. Yeah. And, and they damn near failed at it at one point because one of the, I guess you could say it was classified as a knockdown. It wasn't a sack, but one of the times where Mahomes gets rolled over late in the first half, that's when we see him audibly and visibly wincing and, and screaming in pain nearly. He's off to the sideline. We're seeing Chad Henney 
getting up and running drills up and down the sidelines. And we're thinking, okay, is he going to come back in this, in this half? Of course, a little bit of medical assistance. He comes back, he's full of energy and he's Patrick Mahomes as usual. But even with that being said, that Chiefs O-line had to keep him up and, and, and throughout the entire night. If they don't do their job, they lose that game. It's it's simple as that. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was more of a of an Eagles no-show. The defense, yes, they just they met a good offensive line, an offensive line that played on fire because they were the focal point of that game. Even though we knew Mahomes was banged up. We knew Kelsey was dealing with some issues, like I said, of all the different weapon uh, weapons that that offense has. They're nothing without Mahomes running the show and, and, and staying healthy and giving him the room to run when, when he was able to. He was able to scramble a couple times, giving him that pocket protection when he needed it. I think they were the real MVPs of the game for the Chiefs as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they gave the award to Mahomes, of course, but if there's anything Mahomes could do, he could flip that thing around and, and, and maybe buy five gifts. Uh, that are really nice for his linemen because they kept him in that game and they ultimately won that Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. The offensive line was great for as much as we want to criticize the Eagles' D-line. There's also a praise that is probably deserving for the Chiefs' offensive line. No question about that. They played uh, very well. Uh, and like I said, it was a great – it was a really good game, really entertaining. Was, certainly we had a back, great back-and-forth affair and it ended up being a good Super Bowl. Props ended up well. And I know we're known as hockey guys – um, but I do want to shout out that uh, uh, that uh, for, from a football betting standpoint, this is one of my greatest seasons ever, and it's been just spectacular. The season win, I had thir- I had fifteen win totals in the NFL before the season, thirteen and two with those. Wow. Only Dallas under and Atlanta under lost. Uh, everything else won, uh, including the big ones, which were Eagles over and Chargers over. And I had a Eagles to win the NFC at fourteen to one, uh, which was the big conference future that ended up cashing in. I was very high on the Eagles coming into the season. I couldn't believe the pricing with their roster and the schedule set up well for them. Uh, and uh, I figured, and I said right in the report that I sent out in the win totals, back in August, I said this Dark Horse Super Bowl contender, and there you go. They were in the game and this close from winning it. So it was a great football season overall, best ever. Uh, and uh, it's a reminder to, and Alex handicaps football and other sports yeah. too. So it's a reminder to everybody out there. We do a hockey show every day, the ice guys, but we're not one trick ponies. We're not just hockey guys. Yeah. Uh, we love all sports. We watch all sports. We bet all sports for the most part. And uh, football was very good to us. And uh, always sad to see another football season end. Yeah, I was on a, a nice run in college and pro football to wrap up the year. 44, 26, and 2, 14.4 yes. units. Uh, had a, a 12, uh, 12.3 unit finish in the NFL. So this was a great football season for me, too. This is probably maybe the third or fourth best NFL season I've had. Uh, but combined, this is definitely in my top five finishes over the last decade. So, uh, yeah, you know, he said, sad to see it go when it's, when it's been profitable for you, but especially in the last, I'd say, three months of the season, November, December, and, and of course, January, February. So uh, hoping I can continue that run and, and pick it right back up where I leave off in, in August next year. That'd be nice. But, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, we, we follow all sports and, and try to bet as many of them as possible and, uh, and try to be profitable. I mean, we both did pretty good on, on the gridiron this year. There we go. Exactly. And uh, I know for some people, football season is going to end now until August when uh... – College football season starts. Not for me. I got XFL starting on Saturday. USF, USFL be on that. I'll be I'll be betting that at USFL as well. Of course, CFL starts in right. June, and uh, we'll be uh, involved in that. And of course, Ticat season ticket holder. It's a year and, uh, year round business for you this year. <laughs> yeah. Football's year round now for me, exactly because uh, and look, the spring leagues are not everybody's cup of tea, and I get it. It's a lower yeah. level of pro football. You could even argue. I think I will argue that the CFL is higher quality than XFL and uh, USFL. I think it is. I don't care what anybody says. That's absolute. That's absurd. People think that XFL and USFL is going to be better quality than CFL. That's totally ridiculous in my opinion. But nevertheless, it's football, and I love football, and I want to get into it and keep it going. So I will be betting XFL and USFL, and of course CFL will start in June not long after that. Okay, quickly as we finally turn to the ice, what we're here for, uh, briefly on yesterday, I got a, another rant here. I feel, you know, a little energy today, so we're going to have some fun with this. I am sick and tired. And look, it actually paid off for me with the best bet with San Jose yesterday. But I'm sick and tired of teams that are better than the other team on paper playing down to their competition. This is getting ridiculous. It is. Especially teams that need points. Especially teams that are trying to make the playoffs desperately. Especially teams that are trying to get back in a division race. This nonsense of not respecting your opponent and not bringing the required intensity and focus and work level 
and ability to just beat the other man for loose pucks, puck battles. That is getting to be absolutely ridiculous in some of these games. I watched San Jose, Washington yesterday. San Jose stinks. They're rebuilding. Timo Meyer is going to be gone after the trade deadline. Eric Carlson is going to be gone after the trade deadline. Washington's coming off a big win that's supposed to give them confidence of beating Boston. Now you come back and beat, play San Jose at home. You watched that game yesterday. Do you know which team it looked like wanted the win more? wasn't the home team. It was the San Jose Sharks. And they outplayed, out-hustled Washington. Uh, it's almost like Washington said, oh, that was a great win, and they celebrated all night on a bender on a Saturday night because of one lousy win against uh, Boston. You know, And I, it was a good win. I say it's a lousy win because it's one freaking win in the regular season, and you're not assured of shit right now you know, if you're Washington in terms of getting into the playoffs right now. And to come back and lay a turd like that yesterday again, I'm happy. I'm happy from a betting standpoint. I'm thrilled. I had San Jose yesterday. I loved it. But man, if I'm a Capitals fan, I'm livid. If I'm an Oilers fan, I'm livid. What the hell was that yesterday against Montreal? You see the early part of that second period when it was at the time it was one nothing Montreal. They made it 2 nothing. They made it 3 nothing. Every loose puck. Montreal was getting to it ahead of Edmonton. They looked like they were skating in mud, stuck in quicksand. It was absolutely embarrassing if I'm the Edmonton Oilers, to have an F effort like that. That's effort. or That's lack of effort from the Edmonton Oilers. That's what the fuck that was yesterday against Montreal. And again, I shouldn't be this angry because I cashed the over in that game, six and a half. Nothing, no complaints here from a betting perspective. But I'm just trying to put my heart and my feelings and my emotions into the shoes and the, and the, and the heart of the fan bases for these two teams watching those games yesterday, watching just a heartless, effortless, and just, you know, flat performance. They're saying, hey, it's San Jose. We're going to win this game if we're Washington. Oh, it's Montreal. We're going to win this game uh, if you're Edmonton. And sure enough, 6-2 Montreal. And, of course, 4-1 San Jose uh, over Washington. San Jose lost Kapokakan into injury uh, in that game as well uh, against the uh, Washington Capitals. And uh, still, it uh, didn't change any of the momentum or complexion of that game uh, whatsoever. And Jimmy Murphy was right as rain. We'll give him all the credit in the world. He was with us on Friday for his usual weekly spot, and he said, this Montreal team, watch out in these back-to-back -back home games on Super Bowl weekend. They treat these games seriously. They want to play well. It's a little bit more of a rambunctious environment. I think it's always a rambunctious environment in Bell Center, good or bad. doesn't matter what season Montreal's having. But, yeah, especially for those matinee games on Super Bowl weekend, and they played two great games and beat two really good teams, especially Edmonton. And even the Islanders, the way they were playing since the break, they were starting to play better. Those are two good wins for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. So you give them a lot of credit for that. But again, this is becoming a theme, Alex. We saw it with the BetCast, our super BetCast on Saturday. Toronto, you know, doing it again, playing down to competition, losing to Columbus at home. Two games yesterday, two better teams playing down to their competition and losing. This is becoming a thing. If you're an underdog better, you're going to have some opportunities in some of these spots. And if you're a favorite better and you're looking to lay these gigantic prices with some of these teams like a Toronto against Columbus or a Edmonton against Montreal or San Jose or Washington against San Jose, you really better be careful at this time of year. We're seeing it. And you would think that shouldn't happen. You need points. You're trying to get into the playoffs. Why the hell are you not treating every game like game seven? Because it's a mental thing. It's a human thing. You see Boston on the marquee. If you're Washington, you know, we got to bring it today. If we're going to beat this team, you see San Jose on the marquee. The next day it's like, oh, it's San Jose. We just come out on the ice, drop the puck. And we're just going to win the hockey game without putting the time in the work, the effort winning puck battles, getting to the front of the net, all that shit you got to do to win a game. And that's the difference. It's a mental thing. It's just, it creeps into your mind. Oh, it's Boston. We got to bring it. Oh, it's San Jose. We can just step out there and win. And that's a real thing. And it's hard to extricate that from a player's mind, Alex. That's the way I see it. Yeah. You know, there, in my mind, there were 21 teams right now that should have come out of the all-star break uh, with the mindset that they can, you know, boost, where they are right now and, and make themselves a playoff team. So basically that's the top five in all four divisions. And you could throw uh sixth place, the New York Islanders in, in, in that bunch. Those are the, the 21 teams that at this point right now have a legitimate chance of making the playoffs and competing for a Stanley Cup. The rest of those teams, you, you can forgive them for, for maybe coming out of the break uh if they weren't you know completely focused or they're realizing that hey you know now's the downtime now we're gonna start losing games we're selling off pieces we're we're folding up uh shop and, and looking to rebuild 
But a lot of those teams in that group of 21, and you mentioned Edmonton, you mentioned Toronto, and, and, and what, what are the parallels of this? These are the two teams that we talk about year after year after year doing absolutely nothing in the postseason, losing in the first round, you know, blowing a lead in a series. And, and it, it shows. It shows when you don't have your focus at certain points of the season. Now, you're going to have your wins and losses. We talked about this in the 82-game season. When you're going to win 25, you're going to lose 25. It's what you do with the other uh, remaining games that make or break you in a season. But when you don't have your focus at certain points of the year, the beginning of the season, in my opinion, right out of the all-star break, uh, you know, right after the trade deadline, once you've gotten those first couple of games in with your your lineup solidified, what's supposed to be your playoff battle-ready roster, once you get that solidified, so let's say two, a week after the all after the the trade deadline, you're supposed to be fully focused and, and playing your best hockey at those times. And when you see those lapses, then that's when you have to start, you know, making a note in your head. And when you see that team in the postseason, say, well, you know what, they didn't show up really well at the beginning of the season, and as soon as they came out of the All Star break, they didn't show up really well. Now here they are in round one of the playoffs. Maybe I'm not going to back them in game one. Maybe I got to fade them that first game of the road. Those things, that's where the, the add-up leads up to when we talk about the second season of the, of the playoffs. It's not always about, oh, yeah, they won five games in a row heading in the playoffs. They lost six of the last seven. No, it's look at the spots in which they started building something, be it in a winning manner or a losing manner, and take that information and use it to, to you know figure out who's going to be at the top of the heap, be it divisional, conference, or winning the whole thing at the end of the year. Yeah, that's well said. There's no doubt. I think that's something to keep in mind. If you can't put yourself in the frame of mind to be ready to play night in, night out with the season ramping up post-All-Star break, and you're going to have these games where, again, you play down to competition, maybe not bode well for your mental mentality that you need come springtime uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So a very interesting dynamic. And again, just something I want to make you aware of. To me, since the All-Star break, there's been too much of this going on. Uh, in the league good teams losing to inferior teams and it's happened a lot here these last several days and there's going to be things where we might see that happen will we see it again tonight there's a couple games that stand out where we could see uh that potential including this game the ottawa senators who are battling injuries left and right who are down two of their their top two goaltenders right now could they still rise up and knock off the erratic and sometimes play down to their opponent calgary flames Calgary minus 160 road favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, Calgary um, be beat down Buffalo seven to two. And, you know, obviously the first period they fell behind. They played a good first period, too. They had all the chances, all the opportunities, and a couple chances Buffalo had just happened to go in. But after that, it was all Calgary. It was a, as a really good performance for the whole 60 minutes, even though it took until the second and the third period for it to show up uh, on the scoreboard. Uh, for Calgary, and now they go on the road, face the uh, Ottawa Senators, of course. Uh, Rasmus Anderson remains out after the uh, uh, accident he was involved in when they were in Detroit, so he's still out for the uh, Calgary Flames, but that was a terrific, terrific performance against Buffalo because everybody everybody had a hand in that win. I think that was the best part in that 7-2 win. They were all over Buffalo, and Buffalo couldn't clear the puck out of the zone. 40-23 to 23, the shots. Uh, everybody chipped in. Two points for Chris Tanev from the blue line. Two points for Jonathan Huberto, who really needs to get going, and he's showing signs of that. Michael Backlund with a goal and an assist, or just actually I should say just a goal in that game. Uh, you got a point from Coleman. Uh, you got two points from Elias Lindholm. A four-point game from Dylan Dubé. One goal, three assists. Two goals and an assist. Three points for Tyler Toffoli. A goal and an assist for Nazem Kadri. The first NHL goal for Jacob Peltier. Uh, in that game for Calgary. So lots to like. Everybody contributed. That's what they need. That's what they're capable of. But you don't see it every game. And are you going to see it tonight now here against Ottawa? I don't know if I could take Ottawa. I don't want to lay this with Calgary right now with minus 160, but I don't know about taking Ottawa either. I know they had one four in a row, but they uh, had that streak snapped by Edmonton 6-3 to three Saturday afternoon, and they're in a world of hurt from an injury standpoint uh, right now, uh, Ottawa. Uh, they already without Josh Norris. Jake Sanderson on IR, really unfortunate uh, at loss injury-wise on the blue line. Jake Sanderson's the, already, in my opinion, the best blue liner they have after uh, uh, Shabbat uh, on this uh, Ottawa team, after uh, uh, Th Thomas Shabbat. So to me, losing Jake Sanderson is a big deal 
Uh, that's not what you want to see. He's a minute seater, plays in all spots and situations. Formington's also out. And like I said, the biggest injuries of all for Ottawa are the goaltending injuries. Anton Forsberg, you could tell that was bad news for him. As soon as you saw it Saturday against Edmonton, needed to be stretchered off the ice, torn uh, MR, uh, MCL in both knees. That's what he's dealing with right now for the uh, uh, Ottawa Senators. So his season uh, is pretty much done right now. He's on IR. And Cam Talbot's not even healthy either uh, right now for the Ottawa Senators. And look, he hasn't had his best season either, but he's got a lower body injury. They say he's still a couple weeks away uh, from returning potentially. And like I say, for Anton Forsberg, uh, with the MCL tears in both knees, looking like two to three months minimum to recover. And you got to think Ottawa's probably not making the playoffs. So it's like I said, it's pretty much season over unless they make the playoffs miraculously. So they're down their top two goaltenders, which means who the hell's starting tonight? Your answer, Mads Sogard for the uh, Ottawa Senators in this uh, game tonight uh, for them. Uh, he doesn't have a ton of experience. He's actually came, uh, entered the game, obviously, Saturday against Edmonton after Forsberg's injury. He stopped three shots. He didn't face a ton of uh, rubber uh, in that game. He did have two starts in the NHL last season for the Senators, one and one, 48 saves on 54 shots uh, in those games. Uh, so definitely I would look at this as a situation where Mad Sogard here in this game is a big question mark. Don't know what we're going to get from him. And like I say, Ottawa's down Jake Sanderson, one of their better defensemen, which means that Shabbat's going to have to play even more, and you're going to have to ask for more uh, on that back end from a bunch of middling defensemen, essentially. I'm talking about Brandstrom and Zub and Holden and Travis Hamanick, who's just, you know, I kind of kind of over the hill, kind of had all kinds of setbacks injury-wise over the years. So that could be dicey here for uh, Ottawa. We don't know who's in net yet for Calgary in this game. Uh, Sutter's kind of gone with a back-and-forth approach, Markstrom and Vladar. It was Markstrom on Saturday uh, against Buffalo. That doesn't mean it's going to be uh, Markstrom tonight necessarily. We'll have to uh, wait and see uh, the decision on that. Uh, but Markstrom, again, you know, he's still got a lot to prove, in my opinion. Uh, because, yeah, they got the win against Buffalo, but, you know, one of those goals was a soft one, and then there, he didn't face a boatload of shots after that. So I'm definitely interested in this over uh, at six and a half. I'm just waiting to see if we get a Markstrom confirmation in net uh, for the uh, Calgary Flames at this point in time. Uh, I'd want to look to series history. We have seen a couple unders uh, between these two teams. Uh, last or the pre recent meeting in Calgary was a 4 1 win for uh, Ottawa uh, in that game, a big upset uh, for. Uh, Ottawa over actually that both meetings were last year they haven't played each other yet this season uh, but I do lean over in this spot I mean it's hard not to with Calgary they got their offense back on track Ottawa I don't know if I trust that team with Sanderson out with Sogard in net uh, and Ottawa is certainly offensively still very capable uh, in my opinion especially when they play on home ice so if anything I would look over six and a half I'll probably be on it regardless but definitely will feel a little bit better about it if we get uh, the Markstrom confirmation and goal for the uh, Flames tonight. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Calgary, Ottawa. Yeah, if it's Markstrom and then I'm going to look for a live over at five and a half, uh, try to get this knocked down a little bit. It should be able to get in the plus or not, maybe not plus range. I'd say probably dollar ten, dollar fifteen range. Might have to lay it, but who knows? Maybe we can see some some good goaltending early, and it, it's hard to ask for. From uh, Calgary, a team that got in a lot of first uh, period goals, and Max Sogard, whose numbers in the AHL aren't that great, uh, he's just a, a kind of a fringe goalie in, in my rankings. So it's a tough one. I, this definitely screams over. But even with Vladar, maybe Vladar would probably be a better live over. That might be where we can grab five and a half plus money uh, and still have a, a fighting chance. But like you said, be careful of these favorites uh, not showing up, playing down the competition. Calgary definitely fits that mold, but. I don't know if they're going to drop down to where Ottawa's level is, even with their third string goal in so far. Uh, yeah, definitely. So that's definitely something to uh, keep in mind. Again, I've, I've got concerns here for sure uh, about Sogard and his uh, ability uh, in net. And again, when you've got a shaky little uh, defense core in front of you, uh, it could be uh, troublesome for sure. Uh, yeah, Tyler Toffoli, uh, in terms of uh, props, Tyler Toffoli, like we say, is uh, starting to uh, get his uh, game going a little bit for uh, Calgary. Kadri. Uh, in particular as well, is might be uh, worth a look here in the uh, prop market. But I'm going to come back to Peltier again, the young kid. He had a bunch of chances. He finally gets his first goal uh, against Buffalo. It was a beautiful feed from Kadri on that goal to uh, set it up for him to deliver the goods with his first NHL goal. And by the way, if you want a good prop here tonight, shots on goal. We don't talk shots on goal a lot, but um, Tyler Toffoli, he's gone over two and a half shots on goal nine of the last ten games. 
for the uh, Calgary Flames. So that is a pretty strong uh, percentage uh, going into this matchup tonight against the uh, Ottawa Senators. I just want to see what the uh, juice is on that. You know what? It's only minus 145 to minus 150 in some spots. So it's up there, but it's not astronomical. And that's still a good bet, in my opinion, minus 145, minus 150 for a guy that's had nine out of his last 10 over two and a half shots on goal. So uh, the numbers and fit, you know, in terms of uh, making that a uh, bet you're looking to make here in this uh, game tonight uh, as what for the uh, Calgary Flames. There's just another there's another one, too, that I'm uh, monitoring here. Uh, in terms of the uh, shots on goal, yeah, that's too much juice on Dubé at one and a half. But yeah, Toffoli definitely makes sense to me, given the uh, tra uh, the trajectory we've seen out of him uh, in terms of uh, getting uh, on board. And I'm just trying to look, too. There's one more that I wanted to mention here. Yeah, Michael Backlund for the Flames is minus 115 to minus 120 just to get a point uh, in this game. And Michael Backlund has a point in eight of the last 10 games for the uh, Calgary Flames. So uh, definitely keep that in mind. Yeah, Dubé, Toffoli, and Lindholm was great in the last game. Uh, but uh, and Toffoli, like I said, shots on goal. But And uh, he's trending that way. And like I said, with uh, Backlund for Calgary, eight of the last 10, he's gotten a point. He's only minus 115 to minus 120 to get a point tonight. So not bad options there in terms of recent current form with the player prop market in this game. All right, Arizona-Nashville. We've got Nashville minus 250, home favorites, six the total in this one. I'm going to be pretty brief here. I'm not interested really in either side in this spot. Uh, I don't want to lay minus 250. with It's dog or pass. Anytime I say pass in a game where it's a minus 250 favorite, essentially if I were to bet it, I'd take the dog or I'd take nothing. But I'm probably going to take nothing here uh, in this game because Arizona does have – you know, the Jacob Chikrin rumors swirling. He's going to probably be held out of the game again tonight as a healthy scratch. Uh, it looked like they were closing in on a deal over the weekend with the L.A. Kings, and now they can't agree on contracts going the other way uh, in the deal and moving the money out. So uh, as a result, that deal looks like it's, I don't know if it's dead, but it's at least on hold, and certainly other teams are still very much alive in the uh, sweepstakes for Jacob Chikrin uh, of the uh, Arizona Coyotes. So. But because they think they're going to try, I think their Arizona and their uh, management group are trying to hammer out a deal as quickly as possible. And because of that, I you know they're trying to be uh, cautious here and not play Chikrin uh, in any of these games. So I don't think we're going to see him. I know they said it was going to be a game time decision, but I'm going to assume that he's not going to play tonight for the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, keep in mind for uh, Nashville, uh, Philip Forsberg, uh, upper body issue day to day. He left the game on Saturday against the Philadelphia Flyers, took a hit from Rasmus Ristolainen. Man, that guy can be a fucking dirty bastard, that guy. Rasmus backstabber sometimes. He'll hit you in a bad spot when you don't see it, but when it comes to backing it up and defending himself and dropping his gloves, he, he cowers away uh, from it. I mean, I don't I don't like that guy very much. And uh, uh, unfortunately, he, uh, Philip Forsberg was on the uh, uh, receiving end of that, uh, and uh, he may not play here in this game for the uh, Nashville Predators. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that, obviously, going in. But it looks like in terms of the uh, lineup combinations tonight, Nino Niederreiter, Cody Glass is probably someone you still want to consider from a prop standpoint uh, in this uh, hockey game. Uh, let me just bring up the uh, numbers. But, uh, yeah, Cody Glass has been good in that uh, role for the uh, Nashville Predators. He, by the way, has a point in six of the last ten games for Nashville uh, coming into this matchup against Arizona, centering that top line. Uh, to get a goal tonight, he's plus 380 at some spots. Just to get a point, he's plus 130 to plus 135. Just to get a point, and he's gotten a point in six of the last 10, and he can get a plus price with that. So Cody Glass props, absolutely. Schmaltz for Arizona, yeah, I know. It's a Clayton Keller for Arizona, too, right now. Like, obviously, uh, you're not getting the best bargain in the bargain bin for him, but what can you say? Three goals and six, three goals in the last two games, seven points in the last three games for Clayton Keller. So the man's uh, feeling it right now for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, there's no question about that. So there's a few props I would look at. More of a prop game for me. I want nothing to do with the side uh, or the total. Vamelka and Lankinen, by the way, going to be the goaltending matchup tonight in this one. Alex, what do you think here? Coyotes, Predators. Yeah, I'm slightly leaning toward Nashville team total over three and a half, laying uh, $1.20. I mean, Arizona, they haven't been – as bad as they've been, they haven't just been a defensive nightmare. They haven't been giving up, you know, five, six goals every single night. But I think they're starting to kind of 
wear down a little bit to the point now where we might see them become a bit more susceptible. And of course, the, the absence of Chitrin, be it whether he's being held out waiting for a trade or eventually does get moved, uh, is going to be noticeable at both ends of the ice uh, for the Yotes. So it's a lean right now. I might end up uh, adding it to my card with Predators team total over three and a half minus a dollar twenty. It's the only way you can back them because there's no way you're going to lay two fifty or even knock it down the regulation uh, with that team. Yeah, you got to be careful uh, as well. Yeah, I think you got to be careful here too with our next game: Florida Panthers, Minnesota Wild. Talk about erratic uh, bunches. Both of them can be that. Uh, Panthers Wild, even money minus one ten. Uh, six and a half the total in this one. I don't know. What do you think, Alex? We'll throw this to you. Does Minnesota get a burst from that win against New Jersey? Is that like a monkey off the back, a piano off the back? It's a huge win. They needed it desperately. They come back. They beat New Jersey in the shootout on Saturday night. It's time for them to get hot, get on a run, and now they're going to turn the tide. Or is that just kind of a fortuitous win? Still a Devils team that was playing without Jack Hughes. And yeah, they beat Seattle without Jack Hughes, but what the fuck Seattle doing since the All-Star break? Well, until yesterday when they beat Philly, they had been struggling. So how much do you want to give Minnesota credit and say, hey, everything's hunky-dory, everything's great again. Roses and sunshine and lollipops are back here in the state of hockey with the Minnesota Wild. I'm not so sure about that. What do you think, Alex? No, there's still panic in the air around here. And the thing, honestly, it's, you know, the Wild, like I said, having the struggle to you know put away a devil's team that's been struggling themselves at home they still aren't comfortable at home they they look as discombobulated at home as they they had on the road when they were losing and that's what's cause for concern they haven't uh, short that up a bit uh yes Jonas Berdine comes back in the lineup he gets a, a point uh in the process but they just still haven't gotten back to that rhythm they haven't been able to get their pace and tempo and they haven't been able to dictate any hockey on their own be it home or road in weeks uh, and so maybe Florida could be what uh, cure to cure what ails them because they've had issues of their own. But I, I'm still not sure. And even at a dollar ten price, I don't trust this game sidewise. Uh, so I'm going to do the same thing I did on Saturday. I'm actually going to go with the over, or, or sorry, with the the uh, not the over, but you go with the draw. Uh, and I could see this yeah. one possibly going over. I could easily see this being a three three battle depending on how the goaltending shakes out. But it's it just right now, you can't trust Minnesota, but you can't trust Florida either because they're this team, as soon as they start getting momentum going two steps forward, then they go three steps back. So it's a tough one. It's definitely a tough one from a side perspective. I'm still leaning Florida here. I, I don't trust Minnesota yet. I got to see more from them because that was a just squeak by type of win against New Jersey. Again, they're a much worse team without Jack Hughes and why I say much worse, even though it's just one player out. I said it a couple of times on the show last week. It's because of just how much of the offense he's involved in for the New Jersey devils during the course of the season. There's so many goals. He's a factor either scoring them or setting them up. He's uh, I'd love to get a stat and I'm sure it's 50% at least might be higher goals that the New Jersey devils have scored this season that Jack Hughes has factored in. You know, it's gotta be at least more than half of them. That's how unbelievable he's been, and that's how big a loss it is without him. So let's see how the Wild do here in this one. Uh, but I don't trust them. I were to take I, if I were to take a side here, I'd look Florida. But I'm going to look over six and a half because we've got Florida going over the total like mad nine and one to the over their last ten games. Now Minnesota's been the opposite. That's the one little concern here. Six and one under their last seven. Florida's been an over machine. Um, the overs cashed in four straight head-to-head meetings. It just seems to be high-scoring. Panthers versus Wild. 5-4, uh, 5-4, 6-2, and 5-3 are the final scores in the last four head-to-head meetings between these two teams. And Minnesota, you know, there had been issues put, putting the puck in the net after the break. They scored just the two against Arizona, one against Dallas, one against Vegas. A uh, little bit better in the offensive department against New Jersey, but Florida can give them up. Uh, that is for sure. That is something we have seen repeatedly from this uh, Florida Panthers team. Uh, and I definitely think we still have the potential to see goals. By the way, the overs cashed in four straight road games as well uh, for the uh, Florida Panthers coming into this one. And like I said, over 4-0 the last four meetings. Uh, Panthers have actually beaten Minnesota four straight times, if you can believe it, uh, as well, including two straight here in Minnesota. So, I, you know, I, like I said, I'm very tempted by Florida. If I'm betting a side, that's the side for me, minus 110. But uh, I like the over more, six and a half. Bobrovsky in net for the Florida Panthers. And uh, he was was playing well, 
uh, after the All-Star break, but he ran into that Colorado team that uh, did some damage in that 5-3 Florida loss on the weekend against uh, uh, the uh, Avalanche. And then you've got Philip Gustafson in net uh, for uh, the uh, Wild in this game who hasn't nearly been as good in some of his recent starts. He gave up the four. He just faced Florida, and he gave up four, and he struggled uh, against the uh, Panthers in that game. Seems like the Panthers had a good uh, idea of where to attack and find his weaknesses of Philip Gustafson. So it doesn't bode well for success here. He gave up the three against Dallas uh, as well. So uh, over six and a half to me. That's the best look with just a smaller maybe stand. There we go. Smaller bet for me, possibly, with the uh, Florida side. Prop-wise in this game, uh, let me just see. There's a couple that uh, were interesting uh, as far as the uh, prop market goes. You know, if you're Florida, I've mentioned the same people uh, every game because whether it's points or goals, it's Carter Verhage, it's Matthew Kachuk, it's E2 Coolmint Lusterinen, it's it's uh, Anton Lindell, it's Sam Bennett, you know, lately is starting to chip in a little bit for the Florida Panthers. He's gone with three goals and five points in the last four games. So there's a bunch that you could look at prop-wise tonight for Florida. Uh, Barkov, by the way, with uh, a point in nine straight games, but you got to go over one and a half with him. Verhage, nine out of his last ten, over three and a half shots on goal, by the way, as well for the uh, Florida Panthers. So uh, let me see what the uh, juice is on that tonight with him. Yeah, his his over three and a half shots on goal. You know what's amazing? There's one book that has two and a half minus one thirty five for his shots on goal on Carter Verhage. Two and a half minus, but most books have three and a half at a plus price uh, on him. Uh, he has gone over three and a half shot three and a half shots on goal, as in more than four shots on or more, yeah four plus shots on goal. Nine of the last ten games, he's averaging four point five shots on goal per game. So this is just, uh, and there's some books still that have two and a half at minus 135. So that is a steal of a price and a number. It never should have been two and a half. It should be three and a half. Uh, so make sure you keep an eye on that. Eric Sinek for Minnesota, as our guy Cubano says in the chat. Yep. He's been, uh, him and Kaprizov. I mean, they've been rolling. I think Eric Sinek plus 225, a goal score prop. You know, he's uh, scored a goal in four of the uh, three of the last five games, six of the last 10 games for the uh, Minnesota Wild, for sure. Kaprizov, of course, they've been the guys carrying it for uh, Minnesota here lately. So that's where you go, I think, if you're going to look props for the Minnesota Wild tonight uh, in this game. Uh, Boldy's gone over uh, shots on goal six of the last 10 games as well. Eric Sinek, he's gone over uh, shots on goal seven uh, of the last uh, 10 games uh, for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, let me see what his shots on goal number is. Minus one. Uh, that's a little juicy in some spots. Minus 160. Caesars has minus 148 for Eric Sinek over two and a half shots on goal. So a little bit more manageable if you bet that uh, at Caesars. Uh, definitely some interesting uh, looks there. It's a good prop game, too, in a game I think we might see some goals in. All right, we'll come back and we'll break down the remaining two games on this uh, Monday NHL card in just a moment. Hit the like button. 219 live viewers on YouTube. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. Uh, Hit the like button. Uh, We appreciate it very much. We'll be back to talk uh, Detroit-Vancouver, Buffalo-LA, the remaining two games right after we hear from Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or on the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you and is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. If you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back here on the ice, guys. Two games left on this Monday card. Uh, Next up, we've got the Detroit Red Wings and Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver minus 115, home favorite, six and a half the total in this game. Uh, Death taxes Vancouver over the total. Uh, That is where we are going in this game. Yet another over with the Vancouver Canucks. How can you not? Um, And it's funny because there was a sentiment in my mind that with Rick Tockett on board as the head coach, he'd be drilling responsibility defensively into this team. He'd be drilling, you know, back checking, uh, you know, 
third man high in the slot area, which is a defensive concept that is as old as time here in the NHL, all that spot, all that stuff to try to get this team to be better and sounder defensively. And I think he's working hard at it and he's focusing on that. But again, we've brought this up repeatedly that Vancouver just doesn't have the personnel to play pretty good defensive hockey. I just don't think they do. And it's just continuously the problem right now uh, for this uh, Canucks team, uh, a Vancouver team that actually put Spencer Martin on waivers uh, today with the impending return of uh, obviously Thatcher Demko. Uh, he was closing in on probably returning to this team in the next week or so. So I guess they figure let Martin get some time down in the AHL to work on his game. We'll just have Colin Delia uh, man the fort uh, in net uh, until uh, Thatcher Demko is ready to go. So uh, it will be a, that, a Colin Delia. You don't even have to wait. I mean, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but it will be Colin Delia. Uh, no question about that for Vancouver in net tonight. You would expect Billy Huso to be back between the pipes here for uh, Detroit tonight, although that, again, is not confirmed. Uh, when you look at these two teams, by the way, Lucas Raymond uh, is a guy that may not play tonight. He did miss the game against uh, Vancouver Saturday, uh, lower body injury day-to-day. We'll see if he's able to return for the uh, Red Wings here tonight uh, in this one. Uh, and, of course, for the uh, Canucks, the uh, uh, status quo, I mean, they've still got, obviously, um, Mikheyev and Pearson and Pullman on IR. That doesn't change. Everybody else good to go for them. I, like I say, I think from a side perspective, it's tricky. I, I kind of like the team that lost the previous game, you know, which is Vancouver. They lost in Detroit Saturday. They want a redemption here back home. But this is a brutal spot for Vancouver, you know, and laying a price with them. I don't want to do that. Really? There's better things to do with my money, right, than lay a price with the Vancouver Canucks. I know it's not a big price, but it's a price. You know, it's juice that you went know, with a really shitty defensive hockey team, you know, so I don't know if I want to do that, but it is a revenge spot, you know, but again, for Vancouver, they had a bunch of games in the East. They're flying back three time zones. Now they played a gruesome schedule. I know Detroit's got to fly back too, because they're going to Vancouver with them after the Saturday game, but not as bad for the Red Wings, I think from a scheduling perspective. So I'm off a side. I want no part of either side here in this game. I just think we see goals like we always do. It seems with Vancouver Canucks games. So uh, Detroit, Vancouver over six and a half minus 125. There are some props that stand out here in this game. Dylan Larkin is hotter than a firecracker right now for the uh, uh, Red Wings. He, as you could even go over one and a half points with him right now. You know, that's how uh, terrific he's been lately for them uh, going into this game in terms of finding the uh, back of the net. Uh, you know, his goal prop isn't great, but he seems to be scoring, you know, the majority of games and you can sweeten the pot and throw in a, uh, a same game parlay goal score prop if you want to get a better price uh, going into this game. Uh, Vancouver, uh, you look at uh, from their standpoint, um, I always say Kuzmenko is a threat. Anthony Beauvillier, man, I got to give him credit here. Uh, since arriving from the in that Bo Horvat trade from the New York Islanders, he's now gotten three points and goals in back-to-back games for the Vancouver Canucks. So again, a hit the reset button, change of scenery, fresh start. We said this might be a good thing. For Anthony Beauvillier, and now he has scored in back-to-back games for Vancouver and three points in those games. So absolutely, him in the prop market is, I think, a good look right now. You see a guy that's playing with a little more confidence, poised with the puck, plus 260 uh, to score a goal tonight, and only even money to get a point. How about that? He's only minus 105, Anthony Beauvillier, to get a point tonight for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. So it's a good prop game. Uh, in my opinion, for sure. A lot of good uh, potential uh, looks here uh, in this one. I always say, too, uh, someone down the board you might want to consider here is Connor Garland because he played for Tockett in Arizona. I've noticed he's played a little bit better lately. Pedersen is starting to really play good hockey under Tockett. I think the coaching change has been a good one for him. He's got four goals and five points in the last three games for Vancouver. Uh, someone else you might want to include in a prop bet tonight in this game or throw in a SGP if you're going to do a prop parlay in this game. But yeah, uh, Elias Pettersson being on your ticket is pretty uh, a good decision right now. He's really played inspired the last few games under uh, head coach Rick Tockett. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Detroit, Vancouver? Yeah, that's a good point you make about Elias Pettersson. He's picked up uh, kind of in the same role where Brock Bester picked up when they made that coaching change to bring in Bruce Boudreaux. So it's kind of interesting to see uh, how that that kind of dynamic sometimes bring uh, you know shakes things up and some players respond to that call of, of a new coach. But I like Detroit in the spot. I kind of tipped my cap to this uh, play on Saturday. I said I liked Vancouver. 
uh, on the road, and I like Detroit on the road coming back because of just the, the weird traveling scheduling spot here, and the fact that Detroit did end up, uh, you know, playing, uh, you know, fairly well, and and now, you know, like I said, with Vancouver having the goaltending issues, Martin now sent down, Demko possibly coming back, but who knows what he's going to look when he's healthy. Colin Delia is not the guy; he's not the answer, and. Uh, I'm glad that I grabbed this early in the morning at Detroit plus a dollar ten because now we're seeing it flip, and I wouldn't be shocked if it continues to flip where we see Detroit close as a favorite uh, before puck drop because this is Vancouver team just cannot back on right now. So I still like Detroit. I don't like it as much now because you're laying a price when you you could have gotten a, a plus number yesterday or, or any time early in the morning today. But uh, I think Red Wings should take care of business and beat Vancouver. All right, there we go. Alex on Detroit here, minus uh, 105. Uh, actually, he got a better price, but uh, right now it's uh, minus uh, 105 uh, in this one. And I like six and a half over the total. And like I said, it's going to be a nice little prop game for uh, me as well. We're going to have some fun. We're going to mix and match. Might even post some stuff on Twitter. With uh, with it being so busy, I haven't posted enough uh, you know, free picks on Twitter, if you will, uh, the last uh, few weeks, if not months. We're going to try to get back into the groove with that. Uh, moving forward now that things are starting to settle down a bit now it's just hockey and basketball as opposed to football as well although for me i we do have xfl so i shouldn't say that about me but uh nevertheless i'll tell you what xfl is a tenth of the time handicapping that compared to nfl and college football so it's not going to feel like football's going on because that'll be nice and quick there's only like four five or six teams in that league but yeah we're uh, looking forward to uh getting that more stuff posted on twitter in terms of picks some of these fun bets that we make Prop bets, player prop bets, SGPs, uh, that kind of shit. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, posting some of that on Twitter moving forward here uh, in the NHL. And like I said, it's not a bad uh, prop game as well uh, here. I just want to close out this by saying JT Miller uh, is someone with uh, shots on goal uh, edges. Six of the last 10, he's gone over shots on goal. Uh, keep that in mind uh, going into this game for uh, Vancouver. Uh, he has definitely been shooting the puck a lot uh, of late. Uh, and uh, also... Uh, it looks like uh, Miller with uh, the point prop, but again, the point prop is heavily juiced. You don't want to obviously lay that much with it, but uh, keep in mind he has been producing uh, points uh, lately for the uh, Canucks as well. Uh, all right, next up, we continue along here. It is the final game of this Monday card, Buffalo Sabres, Los Angeles Kings. Uh, Kings minus 150 home favorites, uh, six and a half the total uh, in this game. I just happened to see it on YouTube, by the way, last night. I guess it was, I was just looking for something to watch. You know, I came back from the Super Bowl party I was at, you know, in the night with just watching some stuff. And uh, I came across it on the LA Kings YouTube channel. They recently, I think a few days ago, did a uh, 10th anniversary deal with the 2012 Stanley Cup championship team. And they did like a YouTube video special on it. They just interviewed a lot of the players from that 2000, the first cup they won of the, of the multiple cups they had last decade. Uh, you know, that's when Terry Murray got fired and Daryl Sutter was brought in midway through the season. And uh, they had interviews with Sutter and a lot of the players, you know, co the current Kings that are still playing from that Stanley Cup team, Kopitar, uh, Dowdy and Quick, uh, of course. And they had a they had uh, interview with Brad Richardson and uh, Matt Green. And, you know, go on down the list and all those players that were part of that Stanley Cup win and chronicling it essentially. And, yeah, it was it was pretty good. And I enjoyed it. So. Uh, if you want to watch that, it's on the uh, LA Kings YouTube channel. And Dustin Brown's ceremony uh, made me reminded me to think of that because that was Saturday night. Uh, that was the tail end of our Super Bet cast on Saturday, and it was all LA uh, against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. And Sidney Crosby got so frustrated, he got a game misconduct for the first time in his career for uh, just constantly beacon at the referee for something that uh, wasn't called at the end of that game. But it was ugly for Pittsburgh, but it was a great game from L.A. Sometimes you worry when you have the big ceremony for a player and they had the tribute to Dustin Brown. They, a great statue, by the way, built of him outside the crypto arena as well, uh, Dustin Brown. Like I say, you can quibble all you want. Is he, is he a statue-worthy player? I don't know. But they made the decision, and it is what it is. At least they made the statue look good. Yeah, I, I will say that. Uh, whether you think it should have been there or not. But yeah, he was, you know, captain of that team for a while. So uh, I've kind of softened my stance on whether they should have had that statue put off him. You know, he was he was influential, obviously, uh, heart and soul, play through pain, all that stuff during those Stanley Cup years for uh, L.A. But now you have that big win. You dominate, you thump Pittsburgh, you have the big night for Dustin Brown. Is there a potential play down to your competition situation here. And we've seen that from time to time. And what have we seen from Buffalo? And I've said this a million times about them when they go on the road and they're road underdogs and they're playing average to better teams. What are they? 
They're excellent. They step up. They play their best hockey. You can't get a good game out of them at home half the time. You can't get a decent or consistent game out of them even sometimes against weaker teams. But when they're on the road and they're facing decent or good teams, they've consistently won. It's crazy, but it's true. They have been consistently good in this road dog role. It's been over and over again. The only time they came up short was Minnesota at the end of that trip, 3-2. Road dogs against Winnipeg, they won. Road dogs against St. Louis, they won. Against Dallas, they won. Uh, Go on back further. Boston, they won. Washington, they won. Colorado, they won. Vegas, they won. It's unbelievable. That's a hell of a resume of wins against good teams as road underdogs. And it's been, other than the Minnesota loss at the end of their last road trip, they've been money in the bank in this spot. I like Buffalo here, believe it or not. Again, uh, plus 130 in this spot. Uh, I think it's, uh, they've been good in this role. They go on this road trip. It's you're starting a road trip. Focus should be there. Focus damn well should be there after the way they embarrassed themselves against Calgary. That was a horrible defensive game from them. Turnovers left and right. Hung UPL, Uko Pekaluk, and an out to dry. Uh, awful against Calgary. You got to think this team, th- th- there's enough talent in that room to be better than that. And I think they've got to have the, the intensity and the will and the will and the want to be better than that because that was downright ugly borderline pathetic against the Calgary Flames on home ice in that first game coming out of the all-star break for Buffalo. So I think you get Buffalo inspired tonight. I like taking a shot with them here, plus 130 uh, in this game against the uh, LA Kings. Uh, by the way, it's been a series history, but if you're crazy as it is to say, five straight unders with the uh, Buffalo Sabres and LA Kings dating back to October 2019. As far as the uh, goaltending matchup here, Phoenix Copley is expected right back in net for the uh, LA Kings tonight. And uh, we don't know who's in net for Buffalo yet. Hasn't been confirmed yet, but there is potential. We might see Craig Anderson. Yeah, it does look like it's going to be Craig Anderson tonight uh, in goal. And uh, I don't mind that because they've actually, you know, they've, they've won a couple of these games with him in net even uh, that they've been on the road and they've been playing uh, so well. And keep in mind with uh, Anderson, uh, one of those wins he had was a shutout, believe it or not. Uh, against the LA Kings back in December at home, but he had the win against Dallas. Remember, they beat Dallas on that road trip. Anderson started that game, and he played uh, pretty well. That was the last start he made for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the road underdog here, plus 130. Again, for LA, uh, I'm interested because this definitely has the writing on the wall that after the Pittsburgh thumping, everything was so easy for them. The big you know, ceremony for Brown. May not be easy to pump it up again tonight against uh, Buffalo. What do you think here, Alex? Sabres, King. Yeah, I think whatever story narrative you like sidewise, it lends credence to having the first period over cash in. Uh, I grabbed that at over two plus a dollar ten. Except Buffalo, uh, the way that they played it against Calgary was just flat out disappointing. I expect them to come out with a big effort, but I don't think LA is just going to rest on their laurels from blowing out Pittsburgh. It's a great win, but I think they're going to want to try and keep their momentum running as well. Like I said, I think a lot of teams realize that, like I said, out of the break is an important time to get things rolling in the right direction. And when you have a big win, you don't want to just uh, sit on that. You want to continue that momentum. So I think we're going to see some good offense. Buffalo 6-1 and one, the last seven in the first period over. L.A. 7-2 and two the last nine. So uh, I have no problem, especially with the plus price going over two in the first period. All right, like in the over two in the first period. And uh, that that has been something with L.A. where, you know, if you look at their overall body of work here, the last uh, 10 games, they've actually trended over full games, seven and three. But they I think they've been even better than that with the first period over. So a lot of the goals have been early in these games for involving the L.A. Kings. So we'll see if that continues tonight uh, in this game. Uh, Alex Tuck over shots on goal, eight of the last 10 uh, for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. That's definitely... Uh, and I'm starting to do more homework. As you can tell, he's like, Ian, you're talking these shots on goal props all of a sudden. What's going on? I got fucking time to put in to do to do the work and the research now. That's that's why. So that's the difference. So I'm putting in the work now, uh, looking at the shots on goal market a lot more. And he's only minus 105 over two and a half shots on goal tonight, Alex Tuck. And again, he's gone over that number in eight of the last 10 games for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. So that's not a bad option there, uh, in my opinion, at all uh, for the uh goal score for the shots on goal market tonight in this game. Uh, as far as the uh, Sabres in terms of the offense, uh, Dylan Cousins is number one prop option for me right now. Of course, I'll never say Tuck and Skinner, Thompson, Darlene, guys like that can't produce Paterka. But for me, it's Dylan Cousins. Uh, he's been you know remarkably consistent. He got a point in one of the two goals they scored against Calgary. 
Uh, he's been very good the last uh, six or seven games or so. Three goals and four points during that span. Uh, so definitely worth a look. Adrian Kempe's on fire, Rich, no doubt. If you're going to look at Kings props, you got to go in that direction uh, with uh, Adrian Kempe uh, for the way he's been playing of late. Uh, for the LA Kings as well, uh, Philip Deneau, you know, is on a little bit of a point, sco uh, point scoring surge lately as well. And if you really want to get creative and get adventurous, don't sleep on this kid, Jared Anderson Dolan, for the uh, LA Kings lately. I mean, it, it's amazing how many times I'm starting to see him find the score sheet. He actually has a point in three straight games, and he has four goals in the last six games for the LA Kings. So he is really undervalued as far as the uh, player props go. J.A.D., Jared Anderson Dolan. You can't get point props with him right now, unfortunately, but you can bet him to score a goal, and he's plus 450 in some spots to find the back of the net tonight. So uh, not a bad option there if you're going to look toward uh, some Kings props. There's Jared Anderson Dolan to me, a little bit undervalued. All right, great stuff. That's the Monday card. Uh, hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube, and also shout out to our podcast listeners. Right after this show, I'll be posting the Jimmy Murphy story time. So that will finally go up on our Patreon page. Uh, patreon.com slash ice guys ten dollars a month exclusive video content uh goalie charts totals charts power ratings daily ice guys show betting card posted there daily the jimmy murphy uh video that we did uh stories from uh, a guy that's been reporting in the nhl for 20 years uh we did, that was a lot of fun uh we'll be posting that on the patreon page today we're gonna have some stuff uh, later in the week too q a uh from uh, alex and i and then next week we'll finally drop the local tv broadcaster rankings which we did from 32 down to one it was a great two-hour uh countdown basically of the broadcast teams television broadcast teams in the nhl uh, that was a lot of fun and it's all coming up for exclusively our patreon members and subscribers at patreon.com slash ice guys for just ten dollars a month yeah i was just gonna mention we got the jimmy murphy uh you know uh stories coming up today We've got also have uh, Chris Otto's first period charts. Those are already been, been up. I will have goalie charts finally updated again on Wednesday. I'm just waiting for stuff to come back from the all-star break. Of course, there have already been some injury changes and, and different things there. Uh, we're going to have the Q&A popping up sometime I said, early next week as well. So definitely this is the best week. This is the best time of year right now to sign up for a Patreon, $10 a month. A lot of people I know wanted to like chime in and help you know, tip us and, and support the podcast. That's the best way to do it. Subscribe for 10 bucks a month, and even if you, when you miss the show, you get the full card. You get to watch uh, the show back. You get the podcast links, and you get everything else. So definitely check it out, patreon.com slash guys. All right, there we go. Good stuff indeed. Ice X, I just noticed that too. The money's pouring in on Buffalo now all of a sudden in that game. That's, yeah, plus one. I'm seeing it was plus 130 when I got in on it. Uh, it's actually a couple books still have, but I'm seeing the plus 120s are starting to show up. So there's Buffalo sentiment out there. Uh, we'll see if uh, it plays out that way tonight on the ice, but uh, definitely interesting uh, money move right now as we speak. But uh, great stuff with uh, Alex, a great Monday show uh, as always. And by the way, part of that video content down the road, again, we're talking about people that, you know, wives and kids and busy lives and they're, they got other careers now after hockey. But we have stuff planned for video content exclusive to Patreon as well with Jordan Kristanovich, Cam Jansen, yeah. Eddie Lack wants to do something like that uh, in the near future. So we got lots coming up here uh, on the uh, bonus video content standpoint of things with the uh, Patreon page. So uh, looking for more of a chiclets vibe. Like it's not necessarily going to be all about betting. Right. It's going to be hockey, general hockey talk, shit they're doing off the ice now after retirement, that kind of thing. Uh, good stuff. It will be great content still. If you're a hockey fan, you'll love it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We were we were stoked to record uh, a lot of the stuff. It was it was really fun. And like I said, we'll also be doing some more things. Follow the our Twitter account, the underscore ice guys. We'll do a lot more interactive stuff with that account. We'll also, uh, you know, uh, have some input from you guys on what content you like to see. If you're an exclusive Patreon member, uh, what would you be interested in, in, in checking out? What things would you like to hear from us? What questions do you have for us? So we're going to do another Q&A segment where you guys can ask us all of the, of the questions. Uh, we got a lot in, in store. So definitely want you guys to sign up and check it out. Hope you guys appreciate all this bonus content that we're going to give to you guys over the next few months. Absolutely great. And support the sponsors as well. That definitely helps us out as well, yes, including our yes, next yes. sponsors before we get to best bets, Manscaped.
Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ice guys that's promo code ice guys all one word i-c-e-g-u-y-s at manscape.com if my math is correct that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscape.com using the promo code ice guys you get the performance package 4.0 it is a game changer the lawnmower 4.0 it takes care of this among other things uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular you know i'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue this will take care of it it feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes it pisses the hell out of me it bothers me i need to take care of that shit this will take care of it for you the weed whacker uh, make uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant. Keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim, that's what it's all about. And Manscaped.com can help you out with that so make sure you take advantage of this manscape.com get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code ice guys at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use the promo code ice guys unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped All right, we are back here on the ice, guys, and we are ready for best bets to wrap up the show. Alex, Monday best bet, what do you got? Yeah, we'll head out to Hollywood. Let's go with Buffalo, L.A., first period, over two plus $1.10. Uh, Buffalo, six and one, their last seven in the first period over. L.A. on a seven and two clip. Uh, these are two teams that have, uh, you know, their own reasons to get up and going in the first 20 minutes of play, and I think it's going to be a uh, solid pace. We know these are two offenses that can light it up when they get rocking and rolling. So uh, let's go with Kings, Sabres, first period, over two plus $1.10. That's my best bet for Monday night. There you go. Buffalo, Los Angeles, over two, first period. Best bet for Alex. And my best bet, Van City it is. Detroit, Vancouver, over six and a half, minus 125. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's just been continuously seven-plus goals in Canucks games. I think they find the back of the net tonight, but so does Detroit early and often. Red Wings, Canucks, over six and a half, minus 125 for my best bet for this Monday uh, NHL uh, card that'll wrap up this edition of the ice guys thanks to everyone for joining us hit the like button on the way out we appreciate it very much and a reminder the ice guys is live seven days a week monday to friday 2 p.m eastern saturday and sunday noon eastern if you can't watch the show live download the ice guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms google podcasts apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, amazon music and more Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 